Let's talk about the playoff push. Let's let's not talk about these teams. Yeah. Like the Knicks, who are not in contention at the moment. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the playoff push. Is there any movers and shakers, or what teams do you think have the best chance to to move up in the standings as we look at at the Western Conference? Well, when you look at the West, I think, like we said before, Houston is is in a great position, um, given the moves they've made, given the way they've been playing. The, Always, San Antonio is forgotten about. I think they're only four and a half games behind Golden State. Yes, I mean it, it's just like last year where they're having a fantastic season and it's 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 forgotten about. It seems like every year for the last twenty years. No, it is. It has uh, been. So you know, they're they're building, and if they're healthy, um, you know that that system just works. And and you lose Tim Duncan, and everything keeps going. I mean, that is super impressive from a coaching standpoint, from an organizational standpoint. Um, it's just amazing what they've been able to do. Kawhi Leonard continues to improve. He continues to grow. He, he, I, he actually talks now. He has I facial he expressions. Does. He does. There's, there's just a lot going on there. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. I mean, with the Spurs, an organization who has an over 700, 700 win percentage, I mean, for over 20 years, that's that's just amazing in itself. I mean, Obviously, doing something right. The, the list goes on and on, but I think what it is about San Antonio is that it's not sexy. You know what I'm saying? It's not the basketball that the fans normally gravitate to. Not it's the not Warriors. the Warriors, exactly. They're like the antithesis of, of what the Warriors are, but they're how basketball should be played. Yep. But I think what the the issue with the Spurs is, and I'm I'm even a, I'm a beloved Spurs fan as well, but I think that they're just missing another superstar player to put him over the hump. I mm-hmm. mean, Kawhi Leonard, amazing talent. He's proven to be far beyond what expectation was of him when he came for a, a first, you know, for being drafted 15th overall. So, I mean, when you look at LaMarcus and you look at what he does, he's a great player, but he just, does he get you over the hump is my question. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has a good game that he stretches the floor, but he shoots a lot of long twos, mm-hmm. which in today's game is actually hurtful of your team. I was looking at the shot chart from Houston against New Orleans, and they shot maybe three or four two-pointers. And what their type of game, what Maury Bowe tells you is that the most valuable shots are, if you're going to take them from long range, then have them worth three. That, you know, that, excuse me, that brings up the amount of points that you can have per attempt. And when you take a two-point shot, why not take it as close as possible? That um, brings up the probability of the shot going in. So when you have a player who's who dominates the mid range, but I think that it, it kind of hinders where the Spurs need to go if they're gonna adjust to the game of today and exact and and win. At I mean they're second in the West, a great team, but I don't know if they have the pieces when you lock in in the trenches in a seven game series and you need two or three players to give you maybe a 20, 30 point game to to win the series. I don't think they have the pieces. I mean, LaMarcus is great. Kawhi is excellent. But Tony Parker passes prime. Exactly. Manny Ginobili passes prime. Exactly. A guy like Justin Simmons, I don't think he's ready. Um, Danny Green is not really giving you anything. He's a very he's a very high-value specialist or role player, so to speak. So I think that they have a lot of pieces that make them a great basketball team. But when you need that player to push you over the hump, I don't think they have that. I think Kawhi Leonard can be that. But he also needs a little bit more support. That Lamarcus has 17 points per game. I don't think he's bringing, even though his numbers are reflective of San Antonio's system. But I think when it comes down to it, and 
it's the game on the line that last second and you need need a bucket. I don't know if I have the the highest confidence in Lamarcus. That's just me, but I love the guy. Big Spurs fan, but I don't know. I think it's also, like you said, the guard play. Uh, so much of the league is about being able to, to score from the point guard position to shoot threes at a high clip. And, you know, Tony Parker was the kind of guard who could get you 30 points on any given night. Ginobili was the kind of guard who could stretch the floor and and still sort of play some, some point guard um, and break down the defense. But again, those guys are old at this point. Um, that, that firepower is just not going to come from them in a playoff push. And it's, um, it's limiting for them. And it, it, and it, it also on the defensive end, right? Because these other teams do have those kinds of guards. And so how do you match up? Um, Kawhi Leonard can't guard everybody. He can't. He, he can't I, guard I five different could. guys out there. I, I um, mean, his hands are big enough, possibly. Yeah, two, but. maybe two. But um, <laughs> you know, the, these other these other guards, when you, when you're going against a Chris Paul, um, you have to be able to limit him a little bit, and it doesn't seem like they've got the personnel to to be able to do that. So they're sort of sort of capped in in their ability, and they really need um, a perfect series. Um, in, in order to really advance very far, despite the fact that they're clearly one of the best teams in the league. They win games at a fantastic clip, but yeah, they're missing that star, uh, extra star player uh, in, in addition to Kawhi. And um, uh, we talked about Houston. We talked about how they um, are, are a contender. And like we said, they just have to get hot for a few games and um, and hope for some some either a cold spell from Golden State or an injury, um, and, and they're right in there. And I think really those are the only teams, uh, uh, you know, everyone can talk about Golden State all day. It's a foregone conclusion that they're going to win the championship and be in the finals. And then when you look at the East, one team that's very interesting that didn't do anything in, in the trade deadline here is Washington. They've moved all the way up the standings. Um, they've taken advantage of the 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 weakness that Toronto's been showing lately. Yes. Uh, John Wall is showing why he's one of the best point guards in the league. Bradley Beal is, is silencing a lot of doubts that were grumbling uh, at the end of last season, beginning of this season. Um, surprising to me that they didn't make any big moves um, because I think they're a team that could use a lot of help. Um, I mean, I, you know, Bogdanovich is all right. Um, he's decent. But... When you go through the list of players that were traded, uh, and the he guys that moved not teams, a sexy name. And, and I don't think it really um, gets them over the hump in any kind of meaningful way. I think they're still behind Boston from a talent standpoint. I think they're still behind Toronto from a talent standpoint. I think and, they are, and, even and, though Bill and Wall has been playing excellent basketball. Yeah, so I, I think they need more, and I don't. I don't think they're really in that top tier, even though they are right now in the standings. I think they're they're on the cusp. I think like when you look at the East, there's three tiers, maybe even four tiers of team. You have Cleveland in a bracket of their own. Then you have the teams that are right on the hills of Cleveland, which I would say would be Toronto and Boston. Boston. And then you have everyone else. I would say if you're if, whether you're in the lottery or you're not, there's just everyone else. Yeah. And I think that Washington. Um, I don't. I don't know. They're kind of caught in between trying to compete for the now and still having pieces for the future because they have a player like Otto Porter Jr., who 
was a big trade target. There was a little grumblings about maybe him moving possibly for maybe a first-round pick, but they didn't want to let him go because he's translating to be maybe a great player in the future. But I just don't think that they have enough right now with their core. I don't, I don't think they really give anybody any trouble. They may push the team to six games because they're in the third seed right now. So I think that they could push a team like Boston maybe to six games, maybe even seven. But I think that we still have the the same Washington story that we've seen when they played against Cleveland those years where they compete in those series, but they just can't get over the hump. And I expect that Toronto will you know, improve in these final games and move up so that maybe, uh, maybe Washington falls to four, maybe they fall to five if a team like Atlanta moves up. So, yeah, I just don't see anything too interesting happening for them in the playoffs. Um, but like you said, if, if they could have a good showing against uh, maybe Cleveland and uh, give them some confidence that things are going in the right direction and they're, they're one of the teams on the rise. Yeah, I think they're, they're building to the future. And I think what they have to do is they have to be a destination that's showing progress, but at the same time competing because you want to bring those free agents in. Yeah. And for the now, I mean, for the future, but you also want to show that you're able to compete now, that they're coming into a situation that they're going to improve and it's not just, this is going to be a total rebuild. Because I think, like, honestly, a player like DeMarcus Cousins, if you couple him with a player like Bradley Bill and John Wall and with Otto Porter Jr., I think he can do some damage with that roster. And you have a coach like Scott Brooks, who's a very good coach, who I think should have some nods for coach of the year, not that he's going to win the award, but I think you should give him some kudos for coming into a situation like Washington who that could have been a, a volatile situation with Bill and Wall, and he's made it work. So Yeah, they hit the ground running, and they, like I said, they, they're they a team that's improving. They're a team that's missing some pieces, and yet they're doing really well in the standings. So, you know, they're definitely a team for the future, sort of like a Milwaukee, um, but it just seems like it's Cleveland, like you said, and then, you know, Boston, um, and do you think Boston has a chance at all of, of beating Cleveland? I mean, if, if, if the way Cleveland keeps adding guys to the roster over the last uh, few weeks with, with Corver, uh, with Derek Williams, who maybe stays, maybe he doesn't stay, um, is, is there any chance that Boston can, can sneak through and make it to the finals? I don't think so. I think... Um if Boston was really content on trying to compete this year for the championship the way they say they would, then maybe a player like Olenek, a player like James Young, maybe even a Marcus Smart, who's a very good, going to be a solid rotation player, maybe even turn into a very good starting point guard because he plays great defense. But I think what you would do is you would trade those pieces for a right now piece. And I don't think that, that the Celtics have the right now piece. I think they're a situation that they stumbled upon a great coach. They put together a collection of a great roster and, a, and that's over-exceeding beyond everyone's expectation. But then they also still are prepared for the future. So I think they're in a great situation. I think they just have to stay the course, but I don't think that they're going to be able to compete. I don't think that Boston, I don't think anybody in the East for that matter, unless it's Toronto. I think on paper, Toronto is the matchup that I look at and I say that they have the pieces that maybe can push Cleveland because you look at Lowry and DeRozan, those two pieces together, they how they function, even with a Valanchunas, who I think can take advantage of Cleveland in some matchups. But I, I just don't think that they have enough. Cleveland is very good shooting, and 
the one thing that they have that nobody else has is LeBron James. And so you can't bet against that. No, so I, I think you're right. And I think, uh, you know, barring some major injury, we've we've got Cleveland in the finals. <laughs> we've got Golden State in the finals. No big surprises. Um, but, you know, maybe out west there are the potential uh, teams like Houston, like San Antonio, that if the injuries work against Golden State, you know, maybe they sneak in. Um, I mean, well, maybe even with the Cavs as well. Because who knows, if Kevin Love doesn't come back and he's not the piece that he needs to be, whereas Cleveland right now, we still have J.R. Smith, who's yet to come back, where they still have to integrate with Kyle Krover. How is that going to mess? So it's still, it's still, it's some questions that loom over Cleveland. But when you think about, you have LeBron James in the equation, it just, it wipes away all doubt for yep. certain things. Yep. And so I just think like it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion that we're going to have the Cavs and the Warriors barring any injuries or any major upsets that we that we just not expected from anywhere. I think we're going to see the Cavs and the Warriors, even though it pains me to say that in the finals again because I want the Spurs to be there. But I think um, when we look at the playoff push and you look at both conferences, um, at the bottom of the, the playoffs, when you look at the eighth seed and maybe even the seventh seed, there's a lot of teams that, that are competing to you know, hopefully make a push for the playoffs. Who do you think gets in? As we look at it today, where we stand, the Bucks and the Heat, who are two teams in the East, who they they were trending upward for some time. Um, they're out of the playoffs if they started today. You have a team like the Pistons and the Bulls, who are kind of in flux. Oh, and one of the things that we didn't tap on was Andre Drummond and mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson. With them being dangled, how does that go to the you know? How does that work with them? In, in Detroit, do they band together and say, okay, we were almost gone, so let's, you know, put together what we got now and make this push, or do they all fall apart? So, like, who do you think Who do you think stays and goes? I think, uh, I think the Bulls probably stick around just because uh, of, of Wade. Yeah, you um, have stars, you have players who have the talent, I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt, because... And when it becomes time, players are going to play, so to speak. So when you have those stars or maybe even those past stars, I don't want to discredit Dwayne Reed because I think he still does a lot better than 80% of the league. So I don't want to discredit him in any way. He has diminished from what we expect from the flash. So, But I still think that I agree with that, that Chicago should be a mainstay there. Um, I, you know, Obviously, the, the Pacers seem to have enough to make the playoffs. The Pistons, it's it's a question. I mean... I'm not sure that they um, that they necessarily have enough, and if a team like the Bucks starts playing better, um, I, I think they probably slide in. Um, Miami was on such a hot streak. I, I, I don't know whether they can keep that up. Um, and for all of these teams, you know, you you get into this sort of perverse scenario where it's like, do we want to even make the playoffs? Uh, is it better for our long-term health? to not make the playoffs and get a lottery pick in what's a very good draft. And, you know, when I look at Milwaukee and how crafty Jason Kidd is, you know, maybe Jason Kidd says, you know what, being number nine is a lot better for us um, because maybe with the ping pong balls fall our way and um, a first round mm-hmm. exit is not, you know, what, uh, what this team really needs. 
And and you could say the same thing about the Pistons. You could say the same thing about the Bulls. Mm-hmm. You you might have uh, teams trying not to make the playoffs, and uh, and and the Heat just sort of slipping in because uh, they're still you know working hard. I think for the Bucks, I think it's important that they do make the playoffs this year because I think when you get that experience for those young players, it weighs heavily for them moving forward. I think they kind of took a step back losing Jabari, but I, and I think that will help them with the draft. I don't, I don't think that it really matters to them if they're in the ninth, tenth, and they're, excuse me, they have a possible lottery pick because I, I, I trust the, the the draft heads over there and the minds that they have because if you look at their draft picks, they've made very well exceptional draft picks. Malcolm Brogdon, who was a who fell to them in the second round, who was a first round talent, and even Don Maker, who has been making strides and shows that he's in the mold of a Giannis, of a player who has all the raw skills, and mm-hmm. if we hone that, we could turn them hopefully into something. So I, I don't think I think for the Bucks, I think it's important that they do jump up into maybe that eighth seed. I think for a team like that, it will it will go well for their um their future. Sort of validate exactly. what they're doing, and it, it'll help them build. It'll be something that that they can um. You know that they can build on for the future. I think a team like the Heat. I don't know exactly what their direction is. Um, their pieces haven't really meshed. Um, the Hornets. I don't know what happened to them. They kind of just fell off the map. But I don't think they were a team that was gonna really compete and make any noise. And then you have the Knicks sitting there at twelve. And and to think to go back to the Knicks, we give them a lot of time. Even for a bad team, they get the most airtime of anyone. But what if what if we were duped? What if, you know, James Dolan and Phil Jackson, they got together with Derrick Rose when they traded for him and said, you know what, this is a super team. We're going to make this Knicks team a super team. And Derrick Rose hyped off the emotion and and just the allure of that meeting of sitting there with Phil Jackson. Because if Phil said we're a super team, we're a super team. And so he said that to everyone else, and he had us under that notion that they're going to compete. But all the while, Phil is sitting back and saying no. I never thought we were going to compete. We're playing for a draft pick, and when we get this next draft pick, we're going to build our team with that, and now we're moving towards the future. So I think maybe Phil is just sitting back, and he's saying, well, what you guys want and what you think is is not what we're doing here, and and we have it under control, so I don't know. Maybe Phil was, was selling us a dream outward like a magician, showing us one thing with his right hand all the while he's really conducting the trick with his left. So uh, who who knows? Who knows what's... What the thought process, and what about the Western Conference when you look out there? Yeah, so if you look at the West, um, you know, obviously Oklahoma City, uh, you have to give them an edge uh, just because of Westbrook. It'd be very strange after this great season if they didn't make the playoffs. Um, I, you know, at the bottom there, you have the Nuggets and the Kings and the Blazers. These are not good teams. You know, these are teams not winning. Uh, 50% of their games and between them and the Pelicans and the Mavericks one of those teams is going to get that spot uh, I think you know the Nuggets have uh, some interesting talent um, and I don't know that the Kings are going to play well enough to slide up to that spot um, you know I think Portland has a decent chance and obviously if things really mesh for the Pelicans um, they have a decent chance uh, there, there's there's so many uh, opportunities for those teams, all for the eighth seed, um, but you know everything above that seems uh, pretty solid. And um, again, you could be in one of these scenarios where 
Uh, do the Kings even want to make the playoffs? Is that? I don't think it's beneficial. Is that help or not help? You know, uh, the Trailblazers could could they use a, a, a great lottery pick? Maybe they could. Uh, I, I think they could. Um, Portland is is a small market team. They stumbled upon two great. Well, I wouldn't say stumble. They have very good talent evaluators, and they have two good guards over there with McCollum and Lillard. So I think that a team like Portland, I think what their strategy is, we have to build through the draft. Because if you look at the trade that they did with Pumley and Nurkic, it's like, you know what? We want to get a little bit younger, a little bit cheaper, have more money, more flexibility, and then we'll go after these draft picks. And that's how we'll build our team. And I think Portland is a team that stays the course. Like, they never really jump out of the window. Maybe when they had Rashid and, and Scottie Pippen as a bonus, maybe that was one of the times where they made that push. But they never really jumped out of the window to say we're going to make this push. They just compile their pieces and they compete how they compete. And honestly, looking at the the eighth seed, where you have the Nuggets, the Kings, Trailblazers, Pelicans, and the Mavs, because I don't really count the Timberwolves. I think they're too young to really make a push for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Derrick Rose, if he would have went there, possibly that might have made a slight difference for them. But I think that um, the Nuggets and the Trailblazers, I think I don't I don't think they have enough to make it. I think they kind of canceled each other out with the trade that they conducted. Because taking Plumlee from the Trailblazers, I think that kind of it, it lowers their chances. And the Nuggets, who really knows what what they're doing there? Sometimes they have a, a a very good team. When you look at them, they could beat the Warriors by thirty, and then they come out the next night and they lay an egg, and they could lose by thirty. So I, I don't I don't know if they have enough to make it. The, my dark horse from the West I, is the Mavericks. I think with that pick of Noel, I think they're building towards the future, but I think he brings a little bit more energy and defense to their front court. I think not only was just scoring an issue for the Mavs, but they couldn't really stop anybody. Mm-hmm. So now they have slight rim protection. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that gives them a, a better chance to not only build for the future, but compete for that eighth, that eighth spot. And I think a team like the Mavericks with their veterans, they might be able to pull through. Harrison Barnes is having a sneaky good season over there. Wes Matthews is coming along pretty good. So I think now they have some pieces in place where they say, we have young guys who are going to run you and we're going to play this aggressive style. And so now I think they I think they jump into, into the AC because the Pelicans and the Kings, I think they canceled each other out with the DeMarcus Cousins trade. The Kings losing DeMarcus is, is very detrimental to them. I think they're going to fall in the standings. And the Pelicans, they I don't think they have enough time to get it together. Yeah. So I just think that they, that they fall. And the Trailblazers, I mean, the Trailblazers could possibly make it if, if Lillard and McCollum go on a tear in the second half of the season. But I'm not sure they have enough to make it. I just think that they're, they're a team that needs to play for the draft, hopefully have like a, a, a mid, like a, a late first, mid-round, first-round pick, and that would be good for the team. Hopefully they could stumble upon some something good. It's wide open there for the eighth seed, and yeah, any, any one of these teams could, could slide in there. I mean, the fact that the Nuggets didn't trade Gallinari, they didn't trade Wilson Chandler, you know, they. Or Fareed. Or Fareed. Or yeah, Will Barton. Which is a big question mark. Or I mean, I even like, um, Jermaine Nelson. I feel like Fareed's been on the block for three years, but, um, you know, so I, I, there's enough talent there, but like you said, they're, they're sort of confusingly inconsistent there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see the, how the Kings uh, get in there. And it, like you said, there's probably not enough time for the Pelicans. Well, what if what if what if Vivek is smarter than us all and yeah. Buddy Hill for the second half of the season with the opportunity become Steph Curry? Become <laughs> Seth Curry. <laughs> well, he could become maybe, Seth. Maybe Curry. Seth. I don't. I think he. I think he had the wrong first name on the Curry. I mean, not to downplay 
Buddy Hill's potential because when I watched him at Oklahoma, phenomenal shooter, unconscious. Yeah. And he was clutch and the sh- he made the shot. So I think he he has the ability to turn to something close. I think Steph is something that we haven't seen. So to just give this young guy that much expectation, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to put that pressure on him. And no I don't want to put my foot in my mouth to give him that type of clout when he he hasn't deserved it yet. So, I mean, I don't think the Kings have enough, but, but maybe maybe they sneak in there. Who knows? They could. Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't trust their direction. I don't trust... You know anything that they're doing over there, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that they, you know, that they make it because they talk about culture and stuff. And this is one thing that people were posing. They talk about culture and stuff, but what about they still have Ty Lawson? They still have Darren Collison. So I mean, I think they're just in in too much flux to to even pose. A, a they, and they brought us. Tyreek Evans back. That's interesting. <laughs> so Very maybe they don't have the culture there. <laughs> yeah, who knows?